0: Would you pray with me? Father, we do ask that you would give this very Holy Spirit, your spirit, so that we might hear and understand your word today, that you would plant it in our minds and grow it in our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Well, please be seated. It is good to be here. I don't know, in the world of streaming, audio, uh, streaming video services, I want you to know that I have 15 DVDs. They are the same 15 DVDs that I've had for a number of years. It is an incredible collection of some of the finest cinematic uh, offerings of the last 30 years. There is The Patriot with Mel Gibson. There is National Treasure with Nicolas Cage. And for some of you, there, you will know this. For others, you'll never heard it. Head of State with Chris Rock. I mean, you know this, right? You're like, man, this is a good movie. I mean, these are epic films that have left their mark on cinematic history. I mean, the mark is mostly ugly, but it's still a mark nonetheless. But one of my favorite movies is a movie called V is for Vendetta. It's a dystopian film, which is the opposite of utopia, right? Uh, A world where there's great suffering. And in the film, V is a character, and he is a freedom fighter freedom fighter, who ignites a revolution through terrorist acts trying to free the UK from a totalitarian regime. Essentially, he's trying to free people from the thumb of oppression. You with me so far? So in the last scene, Natalie Portman's character is a woman named Evie, and she's about to fulfill the last act of revolution for the now-dead V. And a policeman catches her before she sends a subway train filled with explosives to blow up Parliament. And the policeman says, why are you doing this? And Evie's response is, this country needs more than a building right now. It needs hope. Now imagine for a second, you're in our gospel reading this morning. John the Baptist is in the wilderness preparing the way for Jesus and people are coming out to him in droves great crowds to be baptized to do the religious thing to be take a ceremonial bath to become ceremonially clean to be made part of something that to, up until this point they are not a part of These people are seeking they're searching they're inquiring and they're hoping They want to see clearly. Now John, he was the one sent by God to make straight the path to prepare the way for Jesus. And so it's not surprising, it's actually pretty natural as this movement is taking place that all the people who are coming out to him start to wonder whether he is actually the Messiah, whether he's the one sent by God, the promised Savior. Now think about the many ways today We in America search for identity, for fulfillment, for understanding. Our culture is full of people searching for understanding. They're looking in all kinds of religions. They're looking in all kinds of practices. They're looking in all kinds of places. I want to understand my place in this world. Then they're searching for fulfillment. What am I supposed to do in this situation or that? What is my role? Am Am I part of something more significant than just going to work? You know what? It doesn't matter whether that's your, whether you're young or old, whether you're working or retirement, whether you're a teenager or an adult. The reality is we all ask these types of questions. I wonder if I'm supposed to do this, or perhaps you look back over your life and you wonder, oh, I think that was the right thing to do. And then who am I? Just think about all of our different identities, Positive and negative ones, all the ones throughout your life. Perhaps you had a single identity and now you have a married one. You have a professional identity, the things you do for work. Maybe you've had a dozen different professional identities. I don't know. Or perhaps uh, you have a damaged identity, one that's hurt by somebody that you love or should have loved you. See, following Jesus is about finding true identity, true peace, true joy, true hope come when you find Jesus. Seeing him clearly and finding your clear identity in him. To adapt Evie's last statement in the movie, you need more than a wavering identity. You need more than moving from one thing to the next. You need hope. You need Jesus. And that is, in a sense, what John says to us this morning. Says to those who are coming out to him seeking the Messiah. And our passage begins, it's printed there in your bulletin if you want to follow along, with people, they're hungry for transformation, they're hungry for hope, and they come out seeking John, and having heard him, they've asked this question, man, are you the guy, are you the one, are you the Messiah? And John's response to them will unambiguously point them away from him and only towards Jesus, and at the same time teach us a fundamental principle Of the Bible. You ready? So, John is going to point us away from John towards Jesus, and it's going to teach us one very important principle that I want you to hear this morning. So, we're going to concentrate on verse 16. So, John answered them all, saying, I baptize you with water, but he who is mightier than I is coming, the strap of whose sandals I'm not worthy to untie. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. So the first thing John does this morning is point away from himself. The Messiah is coming, which necessarily means it's not me. He is mightier than I, so mighty that I'm not worthy to untie his sandals. Think about what he's saying. Incredible things are happening. John is a prophet. People are coming out. It looks like he's the man. People are being baptized right and left. He's teaching people, and he says this, I'm not the one. And I'm not, not only am I not the one, but I'm not even worthy to untie the sandals of the one who's coming, of the Messiah, of Jesus. Let that sink in. He's not worthy. I'm not worthy. But the truth of the gospel is that not only is John not worthy, but neither are we. None of us are. Now, this makes some logical sense, right? If John the Baptist, who's done all of these things, isn't worthy, then none of us really can be. And Jesus will, in fact, later in Luke, in chapter 7, he's going to say that about John, he says, I tell you that among those born of women, none is greater than John. Not a single person in history, Jesus says, is greater than John the Baptist. Yet, Jesus, he is so superior to John. Then even his finest qualities, even being the best human being by Je- Jesus' estimation, none of these will make him worthy to even untie the sandals of Jesus' shoes, untie the straps of Jesus' shoes. And to illustrate this, he, he gives us one image of a slave. See, first century slaves, uh, house, uh, household slave, would have many tasks, But one of the least liked, not surprising, was that of removing the dirty sandals from the dirty feet of his master. He uses, John uses this image to make and highlight this point. And it is the foundational principle for seeing Jesus clearly and for seeing ourselves clearly. And one that we all have to reconcile in order to understand who Jesus is and what he offers and to apply the grace of God fully John uses the image of slave and unworthiness to highlight the gulf between humans and God. Between you and God. Even great people, the greatest people by human standards, aren't worthy in light of Jesus. They aren't worthy. Why? Because every one of our best efforts falls short. Every part of us is tainted in some way by sin. They're not good enough to meet the perfection that God demands. Whatever identity you long for, for, whatever person or possession or performance you think you will fulfill you, whatever intellectual pursuit of understanding you seek, all of these, each one of these will be empty without Christ. Anything apart from the true and perfect relationship with God is in fact empty. Now you might be thinking now, this is terrible news, Trevor. This is absolutely awful. You mean all of these things that make up my identity fall short? And the answer is yes. You mean even though I have all these things and all these things and all this status it's going to leave me empty? Yes. I'm not good. You are not good, friends. Apart from having Jesus, all of that is true. And that would be terrible news if this were the whole story. But it's not. Why? Because Jesus actually comes. Jesus comes for you. He will live a life just like us, a human life. Our gospel writer Luke will tell us by the end of the story this morning that Jesus comes and he's baptized by John just like everybody else just to show his unity with human beings. But in his baptism something happens that shows you that he's not like everybody else. After he's baptized, he comes up out of the water, right? And the heavens open up and a dove descends on him in bodily form. And a voice comes from heaven that says, this is my son, my beloved son, with whom I am well pleased. And that's the difference, friends. No wonder John says, I'm not worthy. The one who's coming is the actual son of God. And friends, he's coming, not just to John, not just to those people in the first century, but he comes day and ag- again and again throughout history to this day. He comes so that you might have that which you, don't ha- you can't get on your own. John said, I will baptize with water, but Jesus, he's going to come, and he's going to baptize with the Holy Spirit. He comes. Jesus comes for you, and he offers to you the very thing that you cannot have. The very Spirit of God, he offers to you to live in you, to live with you. And friends, that is absolutely good news. John's saying, all those things you're hoping in, all those things you're hoping for, all those things are empty, but I will give you something that won't be empty. I will give you my Spirit. I will restore your relationship with God the Father every human being, every heart that has ever lived has been, whether they know it or not, longing for this reality, longing for this restoration. And friends, you can have it. You can have Jesus today. And that's why John says, look, it's not me, it's the one coming, because I want to make sure that you see it. Jesus will give you what is his by right. This is really incredible. He will give you what is his by right. So that if you are in Christ, hear this, if you believe in Jesus, if you have trusted in him and following him as your Lord and Savior, he will give you himself. So that when the Father looks at you, he's going to see Jesus. And when he sees Jesus over you, he's going to say, Look, David, look, Eric, look, Tom, you are my son. He'll say, Look, Jenna, look, Kimberly, look, Carol. You are my daughter. You can insert your name in that sentence. And God will say, if you are in Christ, you are my child. And I am well pleased with you. Why? Because Jesus covers you. Because Jesus offers you something that nobody else offers you. He offers you his spirit. Friends, this entire year, we're going to be looking at seeing Jesus clearly in 2020. So this morning, to see him clearly... And to this year, to look at Jesus through the Gospel of Luke, you'll need to do th- keep three things in mind. The first one is this you're not worthy. You, we just cannot see the grace of God fully, what He offers, without acknowledging that He offers us something that we don't have. This is really hard for Americans. This is really hard for us. It's a humbling proposition. And it will continue to be humbling as we follow Jesus. It'll get easier, particularly as you try to root out sin in your life. And having an I'm not worthy mindset will help you to not respond defensively when the Holy Spirit and Word of God come to refine you. The second thing uh, next to you're not worthy is that relationship is what it's all about. And Jesus comes to give you this relationship. No other pursuit that you have no other mind, no other worldview will actually uh, will actually restore this relationship. So in the words of Evie. Hammond, you need more than a building or an idol or more than a stronger self-esteem you need real hope. you need Jesus. that's the identity that we have that's the offer that we have. He gives us his Holy Spirit so if, first Have a I'm not worthy mindset. Second, recognize that relationship is what Jesus comes to restore. And third, look for it to be transformative. See, our identity at Holy Cross is as Jesus' disciples. And we define that. You've heard this over and over and over again. A disciple is someone who follows Jesus, is formed by Jesus. That means we're transformed by him. Don't smile at me, Melissa. She's looking at me. She's saying it with me. You can smile at me. It's great. Um, We just say this all the time. What is a disciple? A disciple is someone who follows Jesus, who is formed by Jesus. That means that he, as we follow him, he's actually transforming our lives so that what I looked like this morning, I might not look like tomorrow morning. Life in Christ is about transformation. And then third, as we are transformed, as we follow, as we're transformed, we begin and we continue to fulfill his mission. That means that we actually go out and love our neighbors. We actually go and invite them in. We tell them about the good grace of God, and we even show them the love of God. We proclaim the gospel both in action and in word. That's what life in Christ is like. It is transformative. Friends, this is good news. This is great news that when we realize that we're not worthy, but God sends the one who is worthy. He sends him to give us life. Jesus will transform you from this place of unworthiness. He'll clothe you as a son and daughter in the house of God. You'll be brought into his kingdom, and he's going to continue to transform you into his likeness day by day. And that is our prayer, recognizing in humility our unworthiness, we will take Christ's worthiness and make it a part of our life. Let us pray. Father, I do thank you for John's words to us today. I thank you that he doesn't seek glory for himself, but instead points to the one who gives life. And Father, I pray that we would not seek glory in our own ability, but recognizing our sinfulness, come to you and find your glory and your worthiness clothing us through your son, Jesus. I pray that you'd give us your spirit to see the ways that you're transforming us in our life day by day and making us more fully your disciples. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.